When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. City Discount Tires for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tires, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, now that's just nice. It's the weekend and uh, we are here. I clocked off of work yesterday, put the tools down, Bryce Gibbs. And by tools, I mean I let go of my mouse and stopped typing on my keyboard. And I just felt that... You know the Flintstones when Fred Flintstone just hits a yabba dabba do like it's the weekend the footy's on and uh, I can finally relax. But you're looking very shady this morning. What's going on with you? I am feeling a little bit shady <laughs> this morning, Tommy. We've uh, we've had some sick kids in the household yes. this week. A couple of days off school for both of them, and I'm just starting to feel a little bit off. So uh, hopefully. Um, not too bad, but uh, yeah, I can just mm. feel myself uh, going downhill a little bit. So uh, usually when the when one of the kids gets crook, the other one gets crook, and sometimes and it filters into mum or dad. So yeah. it might be dad's turn to put the feet up are, over the weekend. Are they at childcare or where are they going? Charlie's the week? at school. Yeah, uh, you two and Madison's at ELC. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Rampant with disease. Yeah, those we places. get the uh, the call. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you, you take them on a little bit. You you probably yumming and ahhing whether to leave them at home. But obviously, when people when people are working, <laughs> I know exactly it's like, what do you, you're do saying. You try and take a day off, or do you just run the gauntlet a bit? But you, you send them. You yeah. feel semi bad because they're coughing yeah. and splattering everywhere. <laughs> sure, sure enough. <laughs> You've got to judge a, the cough. Drop, drop them off at 8.30. By 10 o'clock, get the call from school. Uh, yeah, you gotta, <laughs> Little Madison's got a fever. You better come get her. We dropped Bye. our son off once and, uh, and he arrived there and he just fell asleep on the carpet. And he's like a four-year-old. So, uh, yeah, you got to judge the cough, whether they can get through. But those joints are rampant with disease and they bring it home and you can't help but catch it because you have to, you know, you're in each other's space. Well, especially this time of year, winter yeah. months, it just, it feels like it's every fortnight. Yeah. They finally oh, yeah. get good and then with a, within a week later, they yeah, cook again. again. So we're going through uh, that curveball at the moment, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is good fun, but it's all part of it. Yeah. You just got to accept that for the first five years of their life, they're just sick the whole time. That's why I just don't bother worrying about if they're going to be healthy. They're just sick for that time. But, mate, big show up ahead today. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot to dissect. Obviously, we can't go by without mentioning a Cyril Rioli uh, coming out last night with that statement in regards to the Hawthorne investigation. Uh, himself and a few other lesser-known players and their partners are taking ownership of that. And it looks like they're going to take it to the Human Rights Commission. So still a lot to play out in that space, Bryce. Yeah, there certainly is. And we knew that was going to be the case. We mm. obviously didn't know who it was, but uh, Cyril's come out and, and made that statement. So, yeah, plenty still to play out in this space. Yeah. And uh, I think it's going to drag on for 
quite a while, I think, Tom. Quite a while, yeah. It'll be interesting to see the impact that that has on the two coaches, uh, Clarkson and Fagan, if it uh, derails them in any way going going forwards or if they can maintain their positions. Um, hopefully they can. Look, we've also got a very special Tell Me Bryce coming up. It's a controversial one. I'm looking forward to it. In relation to State of Origin, it's a bit of a discussion to be had. It is. And coming off the back of the NRL State of Origin being yeah. here this week, which uh, I went along to, and, geez, it was a great spectacle. Yeah. The, uh, they were worried about, love it. They were worried about the crowd. They got about, I think they got five, only 500 less than what there was at the showdown. Yeah, so 48,000. The, the crowd was up and about, and uh, I loved it. It was a high-scoring affair, so plenty of tries and, and plenty of carry-on. So, uh, And, I mean, it creates that debate, doesn't it, that mm. uh, the, all, uh, the yeah. state of origin in the AFL, which we know it's very, very <laughs> unlikely to ever get up again. But it's never going to happen. We might throw, uh, throw a South Australian team together. And yes. Maybe get some uh, your feedback on 0427154166 to uh, let us know if we've missed anyone uh, in that team. Yeah, producer Jace also, uh, he's going to pop in because he's seen uh, some anarchy on Hindley Street uh, after State of Origin. So he's going to fill us in on that. And something to do with the street blowers. Is that right? The the guys who've got those blowing machines on the street. Do you see them this morning, Bryce? Yes. Yeah. Clean, cleaning up Hindley Street. Yeah. From all the all the rubbish and and whatnot from uh, a, a big night before. So yeah, there was a couple of people passed out potentially along Hindley Street and uh, got woken up by, <laughs> by street get, cleaners. Getting blown away. You know, Hindley Street is like obviously the place where people party, but it's also it must be a, a great place of relaxation because a hundred meter stretch I walked down, I counted nine different massage places. So, you know, you can party to begin the night, but you can also, if you need like a mat, I might actually um, send my wife to one of them, see if she can relax a little bit. One of the massage joints. So it's, it's an interesting paradox because people are partying, but then there's also all these massage places. Just really got their feet up and enjoying. Just uh, kicking back. Just, just really relaxing. So, uh Bit of value for money, I think, down uh, down the Hindley Street Absolutely. massage parlours. So uh, not that I've been there before, Tom, but um, you know, I've I've heard a few things around the traps. Plenty of extras, um, Bryce. We have also got our very own. I think we can lay claim to this guy now. AFL.com.au's Josh Gablet, because there's plenty of footy news rolling around. He's going to get us up to date. And there's always a lot going on in the realms of player contracts. I'll ask you this. It's the buy rounds happening. Uh, these are when some of those conversations can be fleshed out a little bit on when you're going to move, where you're going to move, what sort of opportunities lie ahead. So what's the question? Well, is this the time when you would flesh out some of those conversations about what, you know, for example, for you, when you're at Carlton coming to the Crows, was it the buy rounds when you consolidated your decision to go to Adelaide? Um, no, not really, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Uh, you, you, not you, a good question. Yeah, I was a bit, bit sort of trying to wonder where you are going with that. Um, no, nah, the buy round usually comes at a time where you can just switch off and, and get away for a couple of days. Tom. Yeah. So the club usually gives you the extended weekend off or so say you play – say Saturday, they yeah. might give you Sunday to Thursday off. So okay. in, in that week. So it's a chance for people to travel back home interstate mm. or 
head up to uh, Queensland and, and get some sun, some nice weather, and just recharge a bit yeah. uh, leading into the second half of the year. Yeah, I, I've heard that, that sometimes players talk about contract stuff in the buy rounds, but you know we're, what we're celebrating this year? It's been exactly one year since Stephen May drank too much wine and punched Jake Melksham in the face. So there's always something unto what you know if you watch across these three weeks there's guaranteed to be guaranteed to be you know those club statements where it just says club statement and there's nothing else on the page there's guaranteed to be guaranteed to be some sort of incident yeah it is a bit of a, a high risk time <laughs> for for some players tom there's no doubt about that getting a couple of days off but uh as long as they're responsible enough but you're right the the clubs Probably can worry a little bit, but um, I don't think we've seen anything so far. So okay. we'll see how the weekend plays out. One year ago, look, this is a, just a 20 seconds. One year ago, we pieced this song together about the buy rounds, and it's funny how relevant it is to today, a year later. West Coast are playing shite. They're tanking, but that's fine. They might delete this season, baby, come on. Stephen May might miss a game or two. Geelong's average age is 42. Whoa, whoa. These guys go crazy when they drink that wine in the bye-bye-byes. Hey, just got to be careful. Just got to be careful these next three weeks, the we players. Do. We do. And as I said, there's uh, there's some players uh, that go into these weekend off a little bit more... Excited. Excited and at high risk than others, Tommy. But uh, yeah. fingers crossed we have no uh, indiscretions and everyone gets through safely. Yeah. There will be a, certainly be a Dugowie watch for <laughs> sure. Uh, also the Crows, Port. Big games. I mean, Port are going to romp it in against Hawthorne. But Adelaide's game looks a lot more evenly matched. There, There's... Dead even in the odds market. I reckon this is the match of the round, to be, yeah. to be fair, Tom. Um, they're both battling for that sort of seventh, eighth position at the moment, aren't they? So yeah. both teams uh, are in pretty good form, and I reckon it's going to be a cracking match, that one. I think so, and I think the conditions favour Gold Coast a little bit. They're, they're making Darwin a, a bit of a fortress, which I like. It's any advantage that you can get in this game, you've got to take it. I think they should... Consider playing a few games a year at Darwin because uh, it's an advantage for Gold Coast, I reckon. Yep, uh, and they go. This is the second week in a row. I think they, yeah. they played there last week as well. So uh, I reckon they can make that a little bit of a fortress for themselves. There's no doubt about that. And obviously, we'll touch on the game last night, Tom, mm. which you can nearly draw a line through finals for Carlton. You can. They're just about out of the race, I reckon. Yeah. And it makes me sad for them because last night they actually played okay. Like their intent and their intensity was there. It was just their execution, you know, but just going into Ford 50. Melbourne have got this spider web of players. Their zone just looks incredible and they just pick them off every time. I like what they tried to do in terms of speeding the game up and, yeah. and moving the ball quickly, but there, there was no method to it. They just <laughs> consistently just would get handball receives and just bomb it yeah. straight down Stephen May's throat or Jake yeah. Lever's throat. And, and that's the one thing you don't do against Melbourne is kick it long down the line because they're so good at intercept marking and, and coming off their mm. opponents to, to intercept the play. You need to be a lot smarter with your ball movement and hit up little 
little leads and change the angles and get it on the on the fat side of the ground. And Carlton just just didn't do that. So, yeah, it was uh, again, it was another frustrating game <laughs> to watch. But uh, yeah, their um, their finals hopes this year are dwindling by the week. Yeah, they've got sort of one. I'd say one more week to turn the ship, and the ship is actually Queen Mary. So it's going to be difficult. But look, we're live and interactive as always this morning. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. We're asking for your Saturday statement. What's front of mind this morning? With plenty of news kicking around, particularly with the Hawthorne saga. But also, uh, Bryce Gibbs up next. You're going to take us through your potential South Australian state team. I'm interested to hear this. It's gone up on sen.com.au. Uh, we're going to have that chat, pull apart state of origin as well. You're on SENSA. It's the top of 23 degrees today, so very nice winter weather, and it's currently 8.45 in the morning. Fans in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, the Saturday sun is certainly poking its head out. We are with you up until 10.30. Massive show up ahead. We've got uh, Josh Gablich from afl.com.au to bring us through the latest news. Also, Dean Brogan, Port Adelaide champion and assistant coach down at South with you, Giver. He's going to join us to talk all things South and how Port Adelaide are tracking this year, which is quite well. But right now, Bryce, I'm excited because it's time for this. Tell me, Bryce. Tell me, sweet little Bryce. Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest. Tell me, Bryce. Yeah, tell me, Bryce. When we delve into uh, the canals of Bryce Gibbs' mind to uh, get your thoughts on something. Now, you went to the State of Origin this week at Adelaide Oval. How, how would you compare the atmosphere of that to, say, uh, you know, a big AFL game? I really loved it, Tom, and I reckon a lot of people got around it. A lot mm. of the locals. There was, you know, obviously a handful of people that did travel yeah. From Queensland and New South Wales. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But uh, I reckon the locals really got around it. And, yeah, to have 48,000 at Adelaide Oval Incredible. To, to watch it, I thought it was pretty impressive. Uh, and it, traditionally, I think the, the first game of Origins quite low scoring because it's a, a pretty tight tussle. Yes, but this is. one was pretty high scoring, I yeah. reckon, and, and a lot of tries. And the, the result ebbed and flowed, uh, which, was, which made it a, a great spectacle. So... Uh, it'd be interesting to get the players' feedback on, on what they thought of having it uh, at Adelaide. I know they played here a few years ago, but uh, I thought I thought they did a great job. And mm. um, obviously, I think it's it, it's a a lot different to having it in in Queensland or, yeah. or New South Parochial. Wales. They obviously it's obviously bigger and better in those in those states. But, um, yeah, to, to have it here in, in Adelaide, I thought it was a, a great spectacle. Yeah, the city's definitely got around it. Good little novelty. Uh, Queensland as well, going very nicely uh, with someone in the Simbin uh, just still getting the result there. Um, it always raises that debate about state of origin in AFL. Surely it'll never happen again. It is. And we've, I think we've touched on it plenty of times on this show and <laughs> at different stages doing, uh, during breakfast radio. But yeah. uh, we, we know it's probably never going to happen uh, again, which is disappointing because yeah. I think a lot of the players would, would love to play it. Uh, but I think you'll get a, quite a bit of pushback from clubs. From the clubs. And, and trying to fit it in. When, when do you have it? Is it a, is it a pre-season they... thing? Is it a mid-season thing? Like where do you, where does it actually fit in the, in the calendar? And at a point where they can give their hundred percent best, like if you do it in the mid-season, surely 
clubs would be shitting themselves about someone getting injured. And so it's like it feels like it would be a diminished product to do it in the middle of the season. Yeah, it would. So just there's just too many hurdles, I think, to, to get it up and going. And, and how, how many teams do you have? Do you have South Australia, Victoria, yeah. Western Australia, then the Allies? Or do you – how does it all work? Yep. Too tricky. But look, let's venture into – that being said, we're, we're going to venture into a hypothetical space there where if South Australia were to put out a side, a state of origin side, I think they'd have quite a strong side. You've, you've had a little look at it. Who do you reckon would line so up? So I'm going to give you a team here and I am going to declare that I have had a little bit of help with this. Producer Jace did help <laughs> me out with some of these names. So yeah. I'd also like to get your thoughts out there uh, if you're listening on 0427154166. Give me some feedback and give me some names that might not be on this list. So okay. I'm going to start in the forward line. Yep. Isaac Rankin, Darcy Fogarty, Tyson Stengel. Yep. Very, very good. Half forward, Ryan Burton, Jack Lacocious, Koziah Pickett. Yes. A bit of a small hybrid forward line. Yeah. Plenty of forward line pressure. You know, Jack Lacocious is pretty, um, you know, pretty tall though. Yep. <laughs> uh, across the centre line, Jack Graham, Connor Rosie, Jordan Dawson. Jordan Dawson being the skipper. Yes. Like it. Halfback, Brody Smith, Harrison Petty, Will Day. Yep. Sure there's surely there's someone better than Brody Smith to put in there, but yep. Brody Smith's in great form this year. Yeah, yeah, back he's back into the crow side this week. Yeah, yeah, he he's some, good at he bombs uh, it down back, the line. Back pocket, Caleb Daniel, Charlie Ballard, Callum Wilkie. The Rucks, Brody Grundy, Rory Laird, Lockie Neal. Okay. Interchange, Riley Philthorpe, Will Haywood, Brandon Cox, Jason Horn francis and the sub, Naziah Wanganine Malira. I like it, Bryce. The comprehensive team right there. There is a strong South Australian side. Uh, my only point, I would say Tex Walker is surely uh, an inform enough forward to probably get a Guernsey. New South Welshman. Chase, you bastard. Come on, Tom. <laughs> Broken Hill. Okay. Uh, so Tex cannot make the side. He would be in the Allies. And another one I'm thinking, oh, well, hang on. Producer Jace, you can tell us this. Where's Nick Murray from? New South Wales again. Okay. So I've suggest my suggestions have been two allied guys, uh, but they can't make the team. So nicely done, Bryce. Um, who would captain the Victorian side, do you reckon? Oh. Darcy Moore. Darcy Moore for yep. sure, yeah. Lucky minute. Sent half back. Yeah. They would be, that obviously be the team to beat, the Vicks. The Vicks, as they always are. Uh, but that, that I dare say that South Australian side would have a very good chance. Let us know at 0427 I comprehensively failed at suggesting <laughs> some alternatives that you should have in there, Bryce. But let us know if there's uh, any glaring omissions for the South Australian side. And, Bryce, uh, before we get to the news, I just wanted to ask you, I saw Justin Longmuir. Um, he, during the week, he got Nathan Buckley into the coaching box to give him some advice, uh, watch over proceedings and analyse how they go about it. I always find that interesting with the coaches. They're quite willing to just lay themselves bare and take any feedback where they might be missing stuff what could be going wrong. And it's quite common in football. Did you ever have like a mentor or a type of person you could go to who would give it to you straight? 
Uh, well, yeah, the, the, certainly at Carlton, there was a, a lot of um, sort of programs set up like that. Mm. And they, they did it in different ways at times. And uh, one year they tried to match players up with past players. Okay. To have a bit of a mentorship role and and got someone that you could just check in with, uh, you know, to talk about not footy but just yeah anything life related on okay. uh, on how you're going. Um, so that was that was one initiative. There was another one with uh, with sponsors and and corporates in like a similar type of setup in terms yeah. of having someone that you could lean on. Uh, as well, so yeah, there, there certainly were times over the years where they would try and partner you up with someone for for that reason. It's quite similar to you remember when you're in year reception, just coming into school, and they partner you up with like a year six to kind of, you know, guide you through and hold your hand around the school. Bit of a buddy system. Bit of a buddy system. I like it. Uh, anyone specific? Did Brett? Do you remember Brett Ratton? Did he have anyone who would sort of come in and give the feedback? I remember for. Um, Adelaide at one stage, they had John Warsfold come into the coach's box and sort of give some feedback there. It's quite common, I think, yeah. in the AFL. And I think even the SANFL, um, our coaches have a, a, a coach's coach, I, mm. I, I suppose you could yeah, call right. it, to, yeah, to, to sit in the box and watch the dynamic and, and give them feedback on how they're interacting and um, you know whether they're just commentating the game or they're looking for solutions to fix when mm. things aren't quite going right uh, on game day and, and how they resolve them. So, yeah, I think it's quite common for, especially the AFL, to have yeah. a coach's coach to, to oversee how things are going and, and how they're coaching, not only on game day, but during the week as well. Someone who's actually done a lot of work in that space is uh, former Crows coach Neil Craig. He works with, I forget right now, which is like an English rugby team, and he is purely there as like the coach's coach. Well, he was at Carlton doing the same thing with Brendan Bolton when I was Yeah, there. right. So, yeah, just sit at the back and chip in where he where it was required. But, yeah, it was more just to, for for Bolts to have a shoulder to lean on and, and give him constant feedback on how he's going. Yeah, uh, very good mind he's got there, Neil Craig. Now, Bryce, we've got to get to the news. But up next, we've got uh, Josh Gablich, AFL.com.au's specialist. He's our very own. We're claiming him. A lot of news kicking around, particularly with the uh, Cyril Rioli last night taking ownership of uh, the in- investigation into the situa- racism situation at Hawthorne. Uh, we've also got to preview the Crows and Port Adelaide's games because it's going to be fascinating to see where those ones will be won and lost. It's one minute to nine o'clock, a top of 23 degrees today. City discount tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, good to have your company this morning. Uh, text from Brett. Of course, we were talking about the state of origin, potential for it to never happen again in the realms of AFL. Brett says, morning, guys. I reckon there's two things that would make state of origin work. A spare two weekends and a bucket load of money to pay the players. Money is a pretty good lure. Yeah, I, I actually like that, Brett. I reckon the players probably don't necessarily need the money. They'd be keen to do it anyway. You probably need to pay the club's compensation yeah. to, to allow it to go ahead, let, let the players yeah. play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now, Bryce, we've got one of our favourites. He's uh, our very own. We're laying claim to him. He's AFL.com.au's Josh Gablich. Josh, good morning to you. How does your Saturday morning look so far? 
Morning, Tom. Morning, Bryce. Good to be with you both. I've just spoken to someone in Queensland. It's 24 degrees up oh. there on the Gold Coast in the morning, and it's been drizzling all morning in Melbourne. So, long day ahead. I'm seeing a lot of footy today, and then I'm doing the game tonight, Geelong Western Bulldogs at Marvel. So, at least that's under the roof, but Docklands on a Saturday night in the rain, not the best place to be. Yeah, Josh, we'll just start quickly with the obvious uh, overnight. Sil Rioli sort of coming out with a statement along with a few others uh, in relation to the investigation at Hawthorne. It looks like it's going to play, they're going to pursue it uh, quite seriously. Well, it's been another interesting week in this investigation. It's been going on for eight months. We thought we got some form of conclusion on Tuesday night when Gil McLaughlin sat down just before... ATM inside AFL HQ, and still a fair bit more to play out. We thought this probably by Thursday when we heard from Andy Gowers out at Hawthorne. I mean, the expectation is that mm. Hawthorne will be punished in some way, shape, or form. We thought we'd we'd hear a bit more from the complainants this week, and and we saw that last night with with Sirioli really driving that. And and now we know publicly who some of the the, the people are that are involved in this case. So well, I think there's a fair bit more to play out with with this because we thought on Tuesday that we were getting closer to some form of resolution and, and seeing some justice, but there's so much more to play out. Yeah, we're going to be uh, watching this eagerly uh, and it's not going to get resolved anytime soon. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so you were across the mid-season draft for, for quite a number of weeks um, now. Was there any surprises, any guys that missed out that you thought were, were pretty stiff? Uh, Where did you see all that uh, play out, Josh? Well, Bryce, I love the mid-season draft. I spoke about it with you when I mm. walked out of your studio about six weeks ago and oh, disappointed in the end that there were only 13 players chosen. I would have liked, would like to have seen a few more. I think this is reflective of, of coming out of COVID now and some of those players that we didn't see in 2020 and, and even in 2021, none of those players are slipping through the cracks anymore. Like a John Newcomb who really came from nowhere to do what he's done. Now, I mean, only two recycled players picked that was that was a little bit disappointing in the end and, and and players like Sam Naismith and Oscar McDonald that looked like they would get an opportunity probably for four or five six weeks ago they didn't get picked up in the end I mean I'd, I'd love to see more mechanisms used by the AFL in the future so we can see more players getting an opportunity I think a waiver system which is something that's been discussed would work I, I hope we see something like that in the future because if that happened Sam Naismith would have been picked in, in April at some point. And same with Oscar McDonald. Sydney were really interested in Oscar McDonald. All of a sudden, Lewis Malikin's available. Aaron Francis is up and running. And they don't quite need him. Tom McCartan's a chance to come in next week. And so is Dane Rampey. So players like that miss the opportunity just given the timing. But if we look at Wednesday night, I love the Quinton Narkle mm. story because I followed this pretty closely when he got delisted. And even across the summer, he went down to Richmond and he was pretty stiff in the end not to get picked. They went with a need in Caelan Bradkey, who's a key position player, over Quinton Narkle just before the deadline. And then about four days after the deadline, Jason Castagna retired. So they had a second spot and they actually lobbied the AFL to, to get Narkle in the end. And the AFL didn't allow that to happen. And we get three months down the track and he does get another opportunity. And I think the magic of this, and Bryce, I don't know if you were training on, on Wednesday night, but the, a lot of the players that got picked, they were training when the draft was on, and Quinton Narkle was one of them. And, and Adrian Dodoro stopped training at SNN's VFL program to let Quinton Narkle, the Port Adelaide, just picked him, which you just don't often see a list manager from one club let a player know that they've been picked by another club. I thought that was quite magic. 
Yeah, it is an interesting mm. situation, isn't it? Uh, and we'd pro- I've probably got memories of, of it happening in the preseason, in uh, the preseason draft, where uh, a player would be training with you, trying to get on your list, and then they get the tap on the shoulder halfway through the session, and they're leaving the track because they've been picked up by someone else. So uh, it is, uh, it is certainly interesting, isn't it? It's a fascinating it uh, time. Oh, sorry, Josh. I was just going to ask you: do, do you see the AFL expanding now, surely, into like a bit of a mid-season trading scenario? I think we'll get to that at some point, Tom. It's just there's a little bit more to play out, just in terms of really the collective bargaining agreement and, and what the what what the TPP looks like going forward. We still don't know exactly what that's going to look like. So there are some complexities to it in terms of six-month contracts, and minimum contracts to, to mm. pick up and move. We look at the Premier League and the NFL, but the money there is just completely different where it's it's not, it's it's just not life-changing here for a player to move on 80,000 or 100,000, have to move his three yeah. kids and his wife from Melbourne to Sydney, for example. So I think we'll get there. They're definitely working behind the scenes at the AFL to manufacture it at some point. I just don't know when that's going to be. So I'd, I'd love to see it because it's been a talking point this week. Look, you, you can see players at every club right now who would get games at other clubs that are playing in the state league. So one day, I hope. Absolutely. And it's a situation like, say, Kieran Strawn, who's in the Sanford with Adelaide, he's actually quite a useful AFL ruckman. Good tap work. You know, a club like Collingwood might pay overs, like, a, you know, a pick that's above what he's really worth. And, uh, you know, both Adelaide and Collingwood could utilise that deal. But I, I digress. Um there's a very nice article you've popped up on afl.com.au about Liam Jones. Can you elaborate on that one for our listeners? Well, like a lot of people, I'm really fascinated by Liam Jones and, and the fact that he's playing the way he is. I spoke to a lot of people during the week around this piece just because of the form. I think he's, he's if he's not in people's All-Australian teams right now and we've sort of gone through that process this week, you have to be in the squad. That's how well he's going. And, I think the fascination around Liam Jones, if you think back to this time last year, he just played Noosa in Noosa and he's preparing preparing to play Wilston Grange at Palm Beach Corumban today, 12 months ago. Mm. It's just remarkable to think that this guy's now in the All-Australian contention at, at, at 32 as well, having missed 12 months of football. And I think the interest with Liam Jones is a lot of clubs were interested in him this time last year. Gold Coast and Brisbane asked the question. There are a couple other clubs that put offers in front of him and, the Western Bulldogs were the one that went and got him. They met with him in Queensland and sort of spending time on this piece during the week. You, you find out that a couple of clubs actually tried to get him in the mid-season draft before the mandate had been changed. They, they were just thinking if we can get him mid-season and, and if the mandate changes between now and round one of 2023, well, we've got Liam Jones for nothing. And obviously the, the AFI knocked that back, but the Western Bulldogs have been the big winners because for a long time they've never had a, a key defender and a, 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 a one-on-one key defender and an interceptor and you look at him right now and he, he's ranked third in the competition for, for intercept marks behind Charlie Ballard and, and Darcy Moore and he's just had this unbelievable start to the year so wait and see if it if it plays out this way but to think that he was playing against Noosa and Surface Paradise and these mm. sorts of clubs last year it's just remarkable. There was a time uh, at Carlton Josh where they were, the Carlton were trying to get him off the list. He had a couple of years to go on his contract on big dollars and they were trying to work out how they could get him off the list and 
that's when it, they put him down back and he has not looked back. He, uh, he's been a terrific player for the last few years. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we've got one off our text line, Josh, about Tom Duday's contract. Where, uh, where do you think that sits? Yeah, this is, this is a big fascination. I mean, there are a lot of clubs that are in the market for key defenders this year with, with the likes of Mason Redman, Harry Himmelberg, who a lot of clubs view as a key defender. And Tom Duday is clearly in that conversation. I think the longer this plays out, the more likely it is that he goes elsewhere. I mean, it's it's, it's really interesting. I, I don't quite buy into the fact that he, he spat the dummy because he wasn't made captain uh, at the start of the season. I think everything you hear around Tom Duda is he's an amazing person. And I don't think a move would be related to that. But I think he's going to get some really decent offers out there. So it's a big watch because what are we? We're around 12 now. And the longer it goes on, they usually go. But I'd be surprised if he did leave. But mm. he'd be a concern if I'm an Adelaide supporter right now. Yeah, he, he seems like he's quite liking his time here and he's got a very comfortable setup and a very nice interaction with the fans of Adelaide where he jumps on Twitter and gets, you know, film reviews and people's opinions. <clears throat> uh, being a parochial show, Josh, we've just got to ask you one last one. That what is the actual feeling and reality of the Mason Redmond thing? There's reports that Adelaide may have uh, tabled a big offer to, to him and, you know, other reports that he's very comfortable at Essendon. What's your view on it? Oh, a bit like dude. I'd be surprised if he left because yeah. from everything you hear around Mason Redmond, he's so invested in Essen and they've had so much change though. It's a little bit like Darcy Paris. I think those two. I think it's a different situation to Tom Duda because they've had another coaching change. And Brad Scott's done a great job so far. But I think if you're doing your due diligence, you want to give yourself as much time to make a decision because this is the big decisions for the Redmonds and the Parishes and the Himmelbergs. You just with the new coach coming in, you just want to give yourself as much time as possible before making a decision for the next five, six, potentially seven years in, in some people's situations. So, I think there's a fair bit more to play out, and I think I think the Redmond situation it's over, it's overplayed in terms of the Adelaide link because he's not from Adelaide. Yeah. I don't, he's from like Country SA. I think it's I think it's three or four hours away. It's not like he can jump in the car and come up for go home for dinner and come back before going to footy train the next morning. So. <laughs> I think it is a little bit overplayed, and we see it all the time yeah. in, in Victoria with even the Jacob Popper. Jacob Popper didn't come home. Jacob Popper is from four or five hours out of Melbourne. So mm. uh, it can be overplayed sometimes, that go-home factor. But I, I think there's, yeah, a bit like Duda, there's there's a lot to play out, and the longer it goes on, the more concerned you, you will be. But the Redmond situation is different because of the coaching change. Yeah. Uh, Josh, very comprehensive as always, and uh, nice to have some interaction on the text line as well. Josh, hopefully the sun pokes its head out at some stage very soon for you. Usually Melbourne, I think, get the Adelaide's weather, I noticed, sort of a day later. That's a trend I've noticed. So we've got sunshine right now. I think it's headed your way. Uh, I'd love that. I'd love that. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Bryce. Always good to chat. There he is, AFL.com's. Dot AU's Josh Gablich, always comprehensive Bryce Gibbs. Uh, we've got to get to a break right now, but up next, we're going to have a close look at the Adelaide v Gold Coast and Port Adelaide v Hawthorne, where they should romp it in, but we're still going to have a look at it anyway. For great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Bryce, 
Text line is absolutely going nuts this morning. And uh, we're going to do our best to work through all of them. But just a couple here. Hey, Gibbsy, how long until Craig Bradley, Cooter and Sosa coming out of retirement to save Carlson? Yeah. A legitimate question. Hopefully not too long. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, they, need to, they need to get their shit together. Yeah. The Carlton Football Club. But, so to uh, speak. Their finals hopes are dwindling. As the weeks go by, Tom. I found it interesting watching Michael Voss last night in his presser. He acknowledges like their biggest issue is not taking the risk with the ball movement for long parts of that. They started to risk it, but long parts of the game, it seems like very, as usual, calculated kick mark sort of thing. Whereas uh, Melbourne had a little bit more chaos going forwards. and, And that seems to be the way now in the modern game is just... Chaos, embracing imperfections, and that's how you get those chances. Yeah, and their their decision making and and skill execution forward in the forward half, Melbourne's were were far better than than Carlton, and it's been an issue for Carlton for a while now. Yeah. You can't just keep bombing the ball and hoping you're going to be taking you know fifteen contested marks in your forward fifty to kick a winning score. You actually need to go inside fifty with a bit of method and. For, for mm. far too many weeks now, uh, and it happened again last night against the side that you shouldn't just kick long down the line with uh, with their with Melbourne's intercept markers. They just continually kicked it back to them. And on the flip side, Melbourne, when they went inside forward, actually yeah. lowered the eyes and, and put their kicks to advantage to their forwards, which allowed them to take marks and kick goals. Yeah, Jacob Van Ruin looks like he's going to be a 10-year player for them up forward. Um, another text, and this dovetails nicely for us into looking at this Crows v Gold Coast game. I would love to know why Ned McHenry is sub again. Surely it's not good for his morale. Mick. Now, uh, Matthew Nix actually spoke about this during the week. Yeah, Ned will be our sub uh, on the weekend. You know, it's a tough one because when we name the squad and, and he's omitted as well, um, no, that's definitely not the conversation. We know Ned's got a lot of weapons. One of those is he's shown so far this year has been able to be composed and ready to go as a sub and come onto the ground. Normally too, too good at that is what they're telling me. Don't be too good at making that coffee. Otherwise, you'll make coffees all the time. Don't be too good at the sub. Don't be too good at making that coffee or you'd be making He's a victim of being the best at being the sub. And because he doesn't quite, you know, as a small forward, he probably doesn't offer more than a Rankin or a Rochelle. That's why he's there. Uh, he's got a big tank. He's got a lot of energy. Yeah. Uh, pressure's amazing. So when the sting comes out of the game and he's coming on mm. in that second half with that energy and, and that buzz, it's certainly, it's a great role for him, but as you said, you don't want to be doing it every week. He'd, he'd rather be playing, cementing his place in that side, but uh, at the moment where it sits, he's probably just on the cusp, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's uh, fantastic if you're looking at depth, but look, the sides are in, and uh, it's going to be, as you say, Bryce, possibly the game of the round, because they're so evenly matched, being in Darwin, where it's an advantage for Gold Coast, they're going to have that slippery ball would you say Adelaide, having played a wet weather game last week, would they go into it thinking, let's just treat it exactly the same as how we did last week when we were playing a wet weather game? Yeah, it probably comes into it a little bit, Tom. Um, but it is certainly different conditions up there. That that muggy, yeah. steamy, um, mm. gets a bit dewy on the grass as well. Uh, and obviously with the 
the heat and you know, and sweat, uh, the ball does quite get slippery. And, and it's a bit like Gold Coast sort of weather. So yeah. uh, certainly the advantage is with the Gold Coast, sort of like a, a home game for them. There's, there's no mm. doubt about that. Um, and they're in some pretty good form yeah. at the moment. Their midfield starting to hum along quite nicely. Um, Matt Rowe's back to back to his best, isn't he? Incredible. He's, Getting a lot of contested possessions in and around the the stoppages, in and around the contests, and um, he's going really well. So he, they're going to have to ma- uh, man up on him and, and watch yeah. him closely. But a couple of great ins for for Adelaide. Brody Smith, who you only fifteen minutes Shit ago put a put a line through him, and and they've tried to retire oh, him. He's, oh, uh, he's, he's having a great a, season. He's having a great. He's year, approaching Smith. the end. Have you noticed? I'll ask you this. Have you noticed sometimes? Well, often he does because he's got such a big kick on him. He does the dump kick out of out of defensive fifty and just lands straight back in their hands. No, I haven't noticed, noticed it too much. Haven't noticed it too much. Okay, maybe I'm focusing in a little hard on that. Maybe. And Mitch Hinge is back in after that concussion yeah. a few weeks ago. He was a, a big out for them last week, but uh, they covered him quite well. So uh, Josh Worrell, pretty stiff to to get omitted. Yeah. Um, he. He showed some signs last week, and he's going to be okay. And he might be that player that, say, uh, Tom Duday does yeah. head over to Melbourne. He he fills that spot quite he's easily. Be, and he but, signed um, a – did he sign a contract Yeah, he did, contract extension yeah. as well. So, That's um, nice. We're, I, I think this is the match of the round, Tom. Both yeah. both teams uh, are playing for a lot in terms of that seventh, eighth position on the ladder at the moment, and we know how close it is. So yeah. these – Games are sort of like eight-point games when you when you start looking at it cl- closely. Yeah, it's going to be a cracker. Uh, Seven twenty tonight. I can't. The time is cut off from my printout. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to stab at it. Seven twenty tonight. Uh, the other thing I'm looking forward to is uh, South Australia's Jack Lacosha. He was touted as a brilliant forward when he came through his draft year. And he's now being played for it. I love him pairing up with uh, King up there. They're they're going to be a good duo. Well, he kicks the ball so nicely mm. and you just want the ball in his hands, whether he's playing on the wing, delivering it inside 450 or he's taking marks anywhere in the 50, usually he's putting it through. So uh, it was him and Rankin were the two that potentially yeah. were linked back to back to Adelaide. You see Rankin comes back, uh, Lukosius signs a uh, contract extension with the, with the Gold Coast, but... Um, uh, is this Rankin's first game against the against Gold Coast his old as side. well? So yeah. there'll be no love lost there, no doubt about that. <laughs> so he'll be looking forward to having a big game as well. Yeah, going to be a cracking game tonight. We'll be watching. And Bryce, we've got to get to a break because up next, we're going to talk about the week that was. I've seen some fascinating uh, goings on in the media space. I want to get your thoughts on a couple of uh, bizarre things that have been said. So we're going to get to a break. It's currently 25 minutes past nine. City Discount Tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, thanks for joining us this morning, Bryce. Uh, there's a Twitter poll. Producer Jace has popped up as we're talking about the South Australian state of origin, potential state of origin side that will actually never come to be. But uh, who would be the potential coach? We've got options of Simon Goodwin, Malcolm Blight, Mark Williams, other. And uh, a lot of people laying into Jace because Craig McRae, is actually a potential coach. He's from South Australia. Probably the, the most that? informed coach in the competition. And Absolutely. 
would probably be the coach of the All Australian side to this point of the season. Yeah. So Jace, uh, that must have just slipped his mind that one. Yeah, he let that one through to the keeper, Jace. That's all right. He'll do better next time. We've just got to get to the news, Bryce, and then after that, we've got a discussion about all the happenings. There was the week that was, and a lot of fun we're going to have with that one. Nine thirty. City Discount Tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, nice to have your company this morning. It's been a fun time so far, but plenty of fun, Bryce, still to come. We've got Dean Brogan joining us just after 10. Pull apart uh, Port Adelaide v Hawthorne, uh, our sports wrap as well. But right now, uh, we're going to delve into the week that was just in the media landscape. A few things I've noticed that are being said and done, and I just want to get your thoughts around them. Um, first one was over on Melbourne radio, Maxie Gorn was, uh, talking about, you know, every year they, the journalists, they put out a top 100 sort of player contract estimations. And this is what he said. Jay Clark always has a little go at, um, trying to get the wages right of the players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, his, that's his big article once every year. He likes to speculate over what, how yeah. much more people are earning than him. He got me about <laughs> 300 off. <laughs> Did he? And then, um... Jess, when I got home, was wondering where that 300 yeah. was because yeah, obviously yeah. I didn't tell her I was on X, X amount. Yeah, because Jay doesn't realise the friction that that can cause at home. Correct. So he guessed. He, he just did a big 50 guest list. <laughs> <laughs> so it is uh, – have you ever read them? Do you, Are they actually a guest list or do they nail the, the numbers well, there? By the sounds of it, they're way off. <laughs> yeah. But 300K is a big amount. It does make you realise where is he getting the information from because yeah. you're not just going to – have a stab in the dark, eh? They're going to be doing, whoever's putting these lists together Yeah, is going to be doing some sort of homework. Totally. Or think they're getting the right sort of information. But to be two, three hundred thousand <laughs> off, like, you know, it's it's probably not ideal. Yeah, not ideal for, for the article, for Jay there. So I say he would have said something like, uh, Gorn's on 900 or a million when he may have been on... 700 or something like that. Um, did, did you ever have any estimate your salary as you were coming over to the Crows? Not from memory, but I'm sure someone had a stab at it. Maybe Jay Clark. You have a go at it and got <laughs> well, it completely wrong. They got completely wrong. You know, when Isaac Rankin came over and they were like, he's on 800, 900 grand. It's not that much. It's it's below uh, 700 from my sources of what I've been told, Bryce. But am I oh, just... So, so you, you're having a crack at it now. <laughs> I just, I'll just have an... I'm going to join the bandwagon here. But, um, you know, Rankin's one isn't as much as people think. Well, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on... And I know Kane Corns oh, yeah. is pretty bullish on this in terms of making players' wages public. Yeah. I and mean, that would take all the guessing yeah. out of it. Do you reckon that, that should happen? I, I would like it. But what... What would you say, being a player, would it bother you that it's known? I mean, people know you're on good money anyway. And, I mean, it's something we see overseas yeah, in, in other sports. And I think it, we're just not used to it. I think that's yeah. why it's a little bit unknown. We're a little bit behind in Australia. Uh, would it add, would it put more pressure on players? Yeah, like it probably players would. being on, on a figure that the, the general public might not necessarily agree with. Yeah. Would it put them under under pressure 
to before maybe. I say it would because there's always those anomalies with players who have gotten a big contract just to prize them out of one club to go to the other where they may not be, uh, you know, like a Brad Hill where he was, I think he was given quite good money to go to St Kilda. And at the end of the day, it's not really the player's fault. If your, oh, no. if your manager can negotiate overs absolutely, to potentially what you're worth, well, you're going to take it every day of the week. If clubs are prepared to pay it and your manager can organize, uh, negotiate a, a great deal for you, well, yeah. you're going to say, nah, I'm actually not worth that much. I'm going to take, take, <laughs> take less. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so no sometimes the player does, does get ridiculed for being on a big contract, but... If you're, if you're in their position, you're not going to say no, are you? Absolutely. You got in, in normal, back to the normal world, Bryce, in normal life, people will make decisions based on a 5K, 10K increase here or there because it makes a, it makes a difference, particularly with uh, mortgage rates, Bryce, right now through the roof. We, our mortgage has doubled and I don't like it. It's, it's <laughs> going to be putting the pressure on a lot of families. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, um, Difficult. Yeah. Hey, uh, next one, Bryce, I've got for you. I just want you to discern what Andrew Gaze, uh, SEN's very own Andrew Gaze, is talking about a man in a competition where they drop um, a watermelon from up high. They drop a watermelon. He's lying on his back onto his Jats crackers. <laughs> it's an amazing competition. And he's rolling around. And then Gaze uh, summed it up uh, on the bounce straight afterwards. This is what he said. Now, Chief, there, there are certain things when you want to test the limits of what the human capacity is. Uh, having a competition to see who can take the biggest tick, uh, biggest hit. <laughs> I couldn't discern what what was he saying there. He's had a nightmare, there, hasn't he? <laughs> he was thinking about it, but didn't want to say it, but said it anyway. Yeah, a comp- I think. So it- you can take the biggest tick. Yeah, he, uh, he's. <laughs> he's- Definitely had a mare there, Gazy. Um, next one, Bryce. This woman I've uh, come across on Twitter, she's been releasing these videos this week and she's a sports conspiracy theorist. So she believes things that, like, the players are actually not real, then they could be clones of people or, or animals disguised as humans. It's a bizarre concept. Have a listen. Because sometimes players are not on the field. It's fake. Sometimes they are on the field. You see them dropping like flies lately? Just drop it. Like black, all over soccer, football. There's another thing that happens. Cloning. Some of them are not the players that you see. Some of them have on prosthetics. Um, some of them are, I'd say, creatures. They're hybrid. So I've, I've had to think about this. And there could be some of these rolling around in the AFL players who are not they're possibly animals. They're, they're not are, real life people. They're, yeah, they're not real people. They're wrapped up in human skin. Now, Nick Blakey is an obvious one. <laughs> he is, because of the way he runs, it is like a lizard, isn't it? So I've got a feeling he's just a lizard, but it's been wrapped up in a human. Well, that is his nickname. The lizard. The lizard. That's right. Yeah. So and maybe the story checks out. Yeah, it does. Check, and his mouth pokes out the side a little bit. You got uh, anyone else? Uh, Ned McHenry, I feel, is some sort of marsupial. <laughs> a numbat or uh, yeah maybe maybe <laughs> maybe yeah I, I think he's a, a wombat of some sorts and he's just been done up in a in a human um okay. get up there uh but also she goes on to say that when players kick goals 
they're not actually kicking goals. It's someone's, you know, hanging from a line. They kick the ball. A person is actually picking the ball up, suspended from a line, and they're guiding the ball through. And it's just a big green screen, and that's how they present it to us on the TV. So the players aren't really kicking these goals. It's just, it's all made up, Bryce. So what if you're at the venue live? Well, she in the crowd. She believes it's still not real. So keep an eye out for her. <laughs> what goes on in the world? She's got some fascinating, fascinating uh, concepts around sport. But Bryce, that was our week that was. And we might do that again uh, from time to time. I, I thought that was a bit fun. We are approaching quarter to nine. We've got to get producer Jason next because he's been watching the rampant Queenslanders uh, just taking over um, taking over Adelaide. Come again, Producer Jace. <laughs> Just in our headphones there. Uh, we got to get to a break. Uh, it's quarter to nine almost. City discount tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. So good to have your company this morning. Massive round of football up ahead. Some fascinating games that we're going to digest in a moment. But uh, we're here for Lumo Energy SA. SEN SA Studio Lumo at number one King William Street is powered by Lumo Energy SA. And City Discount Tyres, SUV Tyre Deals are on now. And this coming up right now, we're going to do a Saturday scoreboard. It's all for the SANFL. It feels like finals in the Host Plus Sandful Women's League. But right now, it's actually time for this. This Saturday scoreboard. Producer Jace joins us as always. And uh, we're going to go for a bit of an explore, Bryce, around the world of sport. Jace, how are you going? Uh, I'm well, thank you, boys. Better than Gibbsy this morning. He's struggling. Yeah, he looks but, like uh, shit, doesn't he? Uh, he he's, uh, no, no, no. He's looking beautiful as always. Um, Gibbsy, you'd be happy with the Panthers girls. Talking about Sanford W, they're through to the grand final. Happy days. They certainly are. Uh, huge result last week in the, oh, what was it? Qualifying final. Yeah, one versus two. So when he goes straight through, I guess you'd call that the second semi. Second semi. Yeah, yeah. Prelim. So prelim tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, tomorrow I'm out there calling it. I should know when it's on. Uh, out at uh, X Convenience Oval, Centrals mm. and Norwood. Correct. Yep. Winner will take on the Panthers at Prospect Oval next Sunday, um, and we'll be there calling that one as well for SEN. Yeah. So hopefully the girls will can enjoy a, a week off and prepare themselves for a, a big grand final next week. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's have a look at what happened overnight in the French Open. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, Kokonakis is out. Uh, he absolutely imploded Nick Kyrgios style oh. in his third round French Open match against Karen Kachanov. I think um, Kyrgios may have capitulated to the same bloke in the Aussie Open, didn't he? Yeah, uh, maybe I'm not Something, across the tennis, but... The boys are not fans of Karen's, clearly. Yeah, um, yeah. Either way, down in four. He led 4-2 in the first set and then lost the next four games. Blew that. Lost the second set 6-1. Um, won the third set and we thought, hello, he's yeah. back. Um, and then he lost the fourth set uh, in a tie-break 7-5. But uh, through all of that was yeah. some... Yeah, emotional meltdowns on court, shall we right. say. Right. He's had a pretty good year overall for Thanasi in the last sort of – I mean, it began with the Adelaide Open here. Did you where just he, call him Thanasi? 
Thanasi. Is that right? Thanasi. No, Tan- no, I, I don't know because it's, it's spelled Thanasi. Thanasi. But everyone calls him Thanasi. Thanasi. I've been calling him Thanasi for years. Is Tina- that Thanasi? Thanasi. Okay, we got to look into this I because don't know. Uh, I'm not one Texas. to get get these sort of things wrong. Am I, Bryce? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, how about this anyway? I know how to pronounce Labashane, uh, Marnus. Yeah. He's over there in England at the moment as the Aussies look to win the World Test Championships yes. and hopefully the Ashes. When does that start? Uh, not this week, next week. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, the SEN crew over there, so you'll hear a lot of feedback from that crew yeah. on this show and through breakfast um, after play. So I think it'll equate when we're on air here for this show on Saturday mornings, it'll be like... 10 o'clock at night over there. So yeah. there'll be some reports filed for us. But it, just when you thought Stuart Broad couldn't be any more of a shit bloke. Um, <laughs> how about this? He's come out and said that the last Ashes series win for the Aussies didn't really count oh, um, because it was over in the middle of a COVID bubble and, you know, the athletes couldn't perform at their best. That was... That's his logic. You know so. what that's like, backyard cricket, when um, you you play again after playing on Saturday, you play Sunday with your neighbours or whatever. Yesterday didn't count because uh, I wasn't feeling that good. Have you seen what the Poms are doing actually overnight in the uh, the test match? That they're, they're playing Ireland at the moment in a test match. Mm. Basball at its finest. So they yeah. rolled the Irish for about 170 in their first innings and then proceeded to go to bat and rattle off four for 550 in 80 overs Jesus before sending them Christ. back in. So, baseball at its finest there. Let's see if, if they it, can do that to our attack. I, I, I think if they roll out some flat uh, highways down there for some baseball, w- wouldn't tr- that be just perfect for Travis Head? Because he loves that. I would have just... thought, but mate, I can't wait for that Ashes series. That's going to be a beauty yeah. um, when that's on. And, of course, we've got the World Test Championships before then. I think India might be more of a challenge in English conditions for us than England, as uh, yeah. silly as that sounds, with yeah. uh, their stock of bowlers, if they're all fit. Let's have a look at Leeds for a moment. I'm going to go down um, – I've put this in purely because I'm a Leeds supporter, but yeah. also because I know it's a little bit down Gibber's alley here. The Premier League season is pretty much wrapped up. We've got the FA Cup final coming up soon, Gibber. And the Champions League final as well. Yeah. Manchester City are going for the treble. Yes, yes, they are. So City are playing United in the Manchester Derby in the FA Cup. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, well, Leeds, my boys, they're out, relegated out of the yep. Premier League. And um, Sam Allardyce was the man who stepped in to fill the breach to try and keep them from being relegated. He's not coaching anymore. Former English coach has uh, resigned. So looks as though Leeds are going to be in the wilderness for... Who knows how long now, Bryce? It's tough when you get relegated. You don't see too many clubs in the Premier League get relegated and then bounce back within a year, do you? You don't because a lot of the players tend to leave. Yeah. And as mm. they don't want to be playing in the Championship no. League. Uh, so it is it is hard to maintain your, your squad together. Uh, and it usually takes, you're right, Jace, a, a couple of years to, to bounce back if, if teams actually do. The story of the Premier League this year, or English football in general, has been... The teams that were promoted, uh, yeah. I think one of them, go back a decade, wasn't even in the setup, the English setup of championship leagues all the way down to level five. They weren't even in that. Right. Um, so they, they, I mean, you talk about Ted Lasso, 
Whoa, about that story. Talking about Luton, yeah. Luton Town. Yeah. Yeah, what about that? So you know a little bit about their story, obviously, Bryce. Yeah, well, you're right. They they weren't even in, in any division yeah. um, a few years ago. And so the, the way they've risen through the, the ranks and, and grade, um, it's just a fantastic story. Is this the side that uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, the, two, the two movie business guys, took on to help? That I can't answer. Okay. Uh, I need to do more research before okay. I bring these things up. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Tommy. No, uh, Bryce short, is... short answer, no. Short answer. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce knows all about okay. this. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, state of origin. We're going to come back to it because, boy, oh, boy, was it an interesting morning here on Thursday morning. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to yeah. that. But uh, the uh, the Queenslanders were hit with a bit of a fine mm. after playing 30 seconds of their series opening state of origin match with an extra player on the field. So they had 14 well, that's out not there. fair. Uh, no, no, I don't think you can do that. But uh, prop Lindsay Collins apparently entered the field before an injured player, Tom Gilbert, had exited it. So okay. let's be honest. They had an injured player. They were making the substitution. Yeah, yeah. The injured player was getting carried off. So, But they've been fined 30 grand. How about yeah. that? So the NRL has fined Queensland Rugby League $30,000. It's probably not that much. Should Queensland this? Rugby League then go to the NRL and go, can we have a $30,000 grant? Is that how that works? Maybe. I, probably not that much to them, though, because they've got a bit of money floating around there in Queensland. Yeah, well, well didn't stop them in the end, did it? Well, it didn't. But you'd rather pay 30 grand than getting that win taken off them or <laughs> having more players on the field. I don't know the rules yeah. of uh, rugby league and whether or not they, <laughs> if they had a player count at the time, does their score get what? They would send nil up at the time Yeah, uh, when it happened. So. Anyway, um, a bit of controversy there. I'm sure the Blues fans who are still licking their wounds will be pointing to that as the reason they lost, which it clearly wasn't. But anyway, uh, Nikola Jokovic, how good is this bloke? Um, 104.93 in game one. Denver, um, did you mm. see the commentators there pre-game? Charles Barkley was one of them Yeah. Um, in uh, Mile High Stadium or whatever it's called up there. Um, on the oxygen, while they were commentating, give me a spell. There is what, a like Twitter post. There was a, there is a Twitter post of the commentary team pre-game with oxygen masks it a, on. It was a joke, wasn't it? Oh, I think so. I think it was a joke. <laughs> That's, what is I the joke, it, though. though? I don't get it. What's so the, the attitude. That. Desert oh. attitude. So oh, that's the, okay. the advantage they've got when teams right. they, they play when teams they in out, Denver. Yeah. They struggle because the air. they're breathing Different twice as air. hard to when they play. And to, right. to Bryce's point, advantage. I believe it I believe it did start off as a joke. Um, but Barkley did not want to take that mask off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was very happy to keep that mask on. So uh 1-0 leaders, I think they'll they'll win in 5. Bryce, thoughts? Yeah, they uh well the heat were I think the the furthest outsiders leading into this uh, NBA final series, not sorry, not the final series, the whole yeah. the whole finals campaign. The uh, the most the team has ever been in terms of rank outsiders to even win it. So the fact that they've made it all the way through to the the final series is has been a great achievement. But uh, I think you're right, Jace. The uh, the Nuggets are going to be too good over a, a seven game series. They were three to one against to win their um, their opening playoff series, and they're all the way through to the finals. So remember, you win some, you lose more. Got to say that whenever we talk about odds. So, ah, yes, um, very important, and, and that's very true as well. Now, uh, away from that, I want to backtrack. Let's go to um, the NRL. So, yes. uh, or, the, or the state of origin. What a morning it was on Thursday yeah, now, morning coming to work. You, you went. Did you go along to the game, or you just come come along Thursday no. morning because we work. 
premises. We work near Hindley Street. We're just on number one King William, the studio. I really but, wanted to, but being the brekkie producer and having to be in here, at, you know, just after four a.m. in the morning yeah. or four thirty, uh, it didn't really lend itself to such a late night. So I watched it at home, went to bed, uh, got up, came in here. And driving along Hindley Street, uh, I do remember seeing a young lady sitting in the gutter out the front of McDonald's, <laughs> ruining her life choices. Uh, thought, oh, hello, this is going to be an interesting morning. And yeah. I, I parked in the car park and had to walk around where the roadworks are at the moment and came to the front entrance of 1 King William Street and looked across out to North Terrace because the leaf blower action was going on. Um, yes. Bryce knows all about this, having come in early for breakfast before. Quite often the council workers will be out Blowing with the, the leaves. blowers. You yeah. know what they look like? Have you ever seen Chernobyl? You know, when they're, they're yeah. testing the ground for um, substances that can kill you, uh, toxic substances. They with The way they have the masks and the scanning across the ground with the leaf blowers, they look like they're from Chernobyl. Yep, they probably do. Uh, <laughs> I've got no idea. I can't take that anywhere, Tommy. No idea what you're talking about. I can't take that anywhere, mate. Uh, all I know is uh, he's trying to add, add something to the conversation. <laughs> you throw me there. Uh, oh, okay, leaf blowers. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> council worker A. Don't know his name. He was a lovely fellow, obviously. Uh, <laughs> He looked like he uh, was enjoying his job. He had a nice big pile of leaves <laughs> out in front of the, the governor's mansion. Yeah. Um, he'd done some, you know, pretty good work. All of the leaves yeah, in a yep, big pile. all gathered up. Until a couple of Queensland terrorists were crossing the street oh. there in front of Parliament House over North Terrace uh, and came across the big pile of leaves no. that uh, our council worker had decided to collect. And... This bloke in the Queensland jumper and scarf has decided it's a good time to do leaf angels. Oh, no. And the council worker uh, caught wind of this. And in the meantime, I'm fascinated at the front door looking at this unfold, thinking, my goodness, thank goodness I didn't have a drink last night. (laughs) Uh, And watching this unfold, his mate thought it was hilarious. He was filming him. But the council worker with the leaf blower turned it up full bore (laughs) while the guy was doing his leaf angels and just blasted him in the face with it. It was hilarious. In the the face. In the face. In the face. In the the face. That's right. Yeah. Well. Cop yeah, that. That's what you get for me- because they're they're working hard. You can't be messing around with the piles of leaves. So, with all of that said, I'm not sure about State of Origin coming back to Adelaide. Uh, you don't see Adelaide supporters uh, carrying on like that after. No. Actually, yeah, you well, do. I've do. seen a couple of Port Adelaide ones. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was heaving though. I went How to the game and leaving the ground, walking back over the bridge. It would have taken us probably 25 minutes to get yeah. from the ground just to the bridge. Like there was mass, mass people just trying to get back into the city. I'd never seen it like that before. I can't believe there was such a concern about whether or not Adelaide people would turn up. Um, we saw, we had uh, the captain's run in these studios on the Wednesday. That was the New South Wales edition. So Cam Smith was in the studio here. We had a bit of a chat to him. But the amount of people that were coming past in the blue or the maroon and stopping at the window and looking in and giving Cam the thumbs up or the thumbs down, it was like, yeah, yeah okay, this is big. Um, and not all of them, obviously, were, were South Australians or Adelaideans. They were uh, from interstate that had come in. I think 10,000 came yeah. in from interstate. So one thing you can't deny um, is that the South Australian sporting public, when these events come to town, we turn up. Yeah, we time uh, love after it. Time. You would think that the sporting fans of Adelaide would have – a bit of, 
I don't know, a bit of fatigue with everything that we've had going on. Um, no. Gather around, live golf, all of the stuff that's been going on over the last couple of months. Then to follow it up with State of Origin, 47,000. If you want it, if you yeah. want to have a good event and fill a stand and fill a stadium, come to Adelaide. Pop it in Adelaide. We like to party, Bryce. That's the bottom line is we like to party hard. Now, but Jace, very comprehensive as usual. That was quite fantastic. <laughs> it's uh, just past 10, so we've got to get to the news. And also Dean Brogan is coming up straight after that. So looking forward to that. Thank you, Producer Jace. Thanks, boys. City Discount Tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. It's uh, just become very evident that I've put my jumper on backwards and now that we're, <laughs> we're all <laughs> on air, I can't rearrange it and it's uh, getting the better of me at the moment. I'm going to say it's quite <laughs> tight around the neck. Now, Bryce, hey, we are coming to you from uh, SENSA's Studio Lumo SA at number one King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA and City Discount Tires SUV tyre deals on now. But Bryce Gibbs, how's this? We've got an all-timer on the phone right now, Port Adelaide great, and he's an assistant coach at South. And I'm very interested to hear how he deals with you working closely because I'm getting some weird vibes lately. Very quiet here. Uh, Dean Brogan, what are you up to, mate? Oh, not much, fellas. Just ready to attack the day. We've got um, some South training this morning. Then I'll do some radio for the Port game. And then I'm just going to have a lazy afternoon and enjoy. I think it's going to be 23 and sunny today. So I'll make sure I get outdoors and enjoy this beautiful weather for winter. Beautiful. Very nice. And I've noticed the last couple of weeks, Bryce is daydreaming a lot. He's kind of just sort of deep thinker. Do you get a bit of that down at South? Oh, well... Yeah, look, I, I was lucky enough to um, been lucky enough to coach Bryce the last couple of years, and um, yeah, he, he gets too injured for my liking. But um, <laughs> no, when when Givers, he's a, he's a quiet, he's a quiet achiever. Giver, he goes about his business pretty quietly, but when he does speak, it's uh, very meaningful, and people sort of stand up and listen. So we're looking forward to getting him back in the side in the next couple of weeks, and um, hopefully we can uh, you know turn our season around, and he can come in and add a bit of value for us. Yeah, certainly getting a little bit fragile in my old age, but uh, that's right, only a couple of weeks away. So let's talk about the Panthers, Dean. Uh, sitting two and five with a big game against the Roosters tomorrow. It's a funny season, very even, uh, and although we're on a, a five-game losing streak, we're only a game in percentage yeah. out the five. So big game tomorrow. Uh, what are you expecting? Yeah, look, you know, the, the season hasn't gone to plan, as you know, Gibber, and, um, you know, the last five weeks have been been pretty tough to be honest but um i think the last couple of weeks we we have turned the corner in um the way we've gone about our game and you know other than probably the adelaide game that when we played adelaide four four weeks ago we were probably belted from start to finish so it wasn't a great game to reflect on but you know all the other games you know especially last week against Sturt, we only really played a 10 15 minute you know poor Poor patch of footy, and unfortunately that was enough to you know go down to, to Sturt, who haven't lost a game by, by two points. So um, you know we're, we're sort of a bit half glass full with everything. We think our you know we think our um, when we when we are getting it together, our, our good is very good and can play with the best of them. So, but unfortunately we just haven't been able to get the W across the line over the last five weeks. So look, what am I expecting tomorrow? I'm expecting um, us to win. Um, you know, I think. Um, 
you know, like you said, mate, the season's really tight. So we're only one or two wins away from, from reaching back into that top five. So, um, you know, we really do need to get going. Um, the boys have been, you know, really good through this bad patch. And, um, you know, we're starting to find out a lot about our resilience as a group. And um, I, I think we're going to give tomorrow a really good shake. And, you know, as we know, North are a pretty good side. So we're going to have to replicate what we did last week. And, Try not to have that 10, 15-minute bad patch where teams just kick a few goals on us. So um, I'm expecting a win tomorrow, Bryce. Uh, and being the midfield coach, who has impressed you this year in there? Obviously, uh, a lot of young young guys making their way. Obviously, Mitch O'Neill, Eli Smith. Um, Kobe Much comes into the mix as well. And, and the old veteran, Keegan Brooksby, just keeps getting it done week in, week out. Who's, uh, who's impressed you in the midfield this year? Yeah, look, I, I think... Um, look, we're a really young midfield. So, I, I, you know, obviously yourself's gone out of there, Bryce, while you've been injured. But I think, um, you know, with Mitch O'Neill, Mitch O'Neill's really taken his game to another level. He, I think he's his third year in the NFL, and he's, a, he's obviously a state player and uh, was un, unable to play this year in the state team. I'm sure he would have made it. But, um, look, he his consistency is getting better, and, you know, we're working on other parts of his game to help him become, you know, the, the, the premier midfield in the, in the competition. You know, he can find the footy really well, but we're just trying to work on his on his body work and, and his running patterns. But, um, you know, I'm really impressed with how Brooksby, you know, the old veteran, he, he's a he's a FIFO, he's a minor who flies in, flies out because um, he's doing some work at Hawthorne. But, he, you know, the way he comes in every Friday and applies himself to his to his craft on the weekend, you know, he's probably the best ruckman in the comp. So, but, um, you know, as a midfield collective, we're, we're, we're going pretty well, you know, but um, we just need to, you know, it's one and lost in the midfield, and we just got to make sure when we're when we're having those um, you know lulls in the games because it doesn't all go your way through the game through four quarters of footy. We've just got to hold on and, and keep winning that contested ball and keep gaining yardage from our from our contested work. So, but um, you know we, we're a pretty young midfield group, but uh, there's a lot of talent and the, the future looks bright for South Adelaide in that department. Mm, hey, and Dean, turning our attention to your old side, Port Adelaide. They're tracking along very nicely. Is there anything else you, do you reckon they need to add to their game or personnel-wise, you know, coming into the team that would help them win this thing? How do you see all that? Yeah. Oh, look, they, they've, they've been um, super impressive this year. You know, since the, since the Crows game, when, you know, everyone wanted Ken... Ken's head and, you know, the club was in a bad way and, you know, it's, it's interesting that you lose your showdown, it's like the season's over but um, they actually catapulted from that and, you know, they're going for nine in a row today. Look, I think with them, they do need Charlie Dixon playing in that side. Um, mm. I think when the when the business end of the season comes, you, you need your big tools in big games and um, I think they need Charlie healthy, they need Todd Marshall playing well, you know, he's had his concussion issues the last sort of months, so I think for them to, you know, hold on to where they're sitting at the moment and give it a real shake, they're going to need their tools to, to, you know, get their, get their game going towards the back end of the year. Because you know, when the big games come around, um, you don't get any shorter, and you know, you got to kick to contests a lot more. And you know, as we know, Charlie is a bit of a standing kicker to me, and and the rest will happen. So I think um, that's probably the key. And you know, they're young, they're young kids like Horn Francis and Rosie and Butters. They they need to stay healthy and keep keeping on because um, when they're all firing, they're probably one of the best midfielders in the comp, if not the best at the moment. So, but they are kind of young, so we'll have to see how the next sort of couple of months go because this is where it really gets hard now. So, be interesting to see how they go. But you know, at the moment, they're 
they're probably almost the form team that comp, you know, better than Collingwood, to be honest. So um, it's a joy to watch being an ex-player. I'm really, really proud of them. One more before we let you go. You've uh, been around through the traps and obviously now you're an assistant at the Panthers. Do you have any aspirations to sort of move back towards the AFL and assistant coaching there or coaching? No, no. Look, I've I've been in football for, you know, including SNFL, probably, you know, 20... 22, 23 years now. So, and in that time, I've only had one year off of doing nothing. So, with no football. So, look, I, I'm really enjoying my time down at South, and you know, we're 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 in a bit of a situation at the moment that I've been in before, and I love trying to box my way out of it, and it gives you a bit of purpose in life, and you know, I love giving back to South Adelaide. So, I've got no. I think the AFL stuff's probably gone now for me, and um, I'm more interested in doing a bit of radio here and there, and, and mm. staying involved that way, and. Um, yeah, look, I think um, I've got other things I want to do with my life. Um, I'm, I'm mid-40s now, so, you know, it's uh, you start to reflect a bit, bit on your life, and I've got a lot of stuff I want to achieve before my body starts to shut down. So, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm... And as we know, footy takes up a lot of your time. So, um, no, I'm pretty content where I'm at, and um, probably uh, probably not in like AFL, but, you know, if someone come with you a million dollars to be an assistant coach, I'm sure you'd have a look at it, but I don't think that's happening. <laughs> Well, with the state of the uh, soft cap at the moment, um, unlikely, but very well articulated there, yeah, Dean. You, right. You've uh, <laughs> certainly got a role in the media if you want it. Um, thanks so much for joining us. I'm sure we'll need you to help with those massages to get Bryce's body uh, back into place for, for the team soon. So thank you for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. Bye. Dean Brogan, thanks, Dean Brogan there for uh, the Panthers and some interesting thoughts around Port Adelaide, Bryce. Hey, quick one. We are here for City Discount Tires, SUV tyre deals on now. And SCNSA Studio Lumo SA at number one King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. City Discount Tires for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Ah, uh, yes, always a fun time we have on a Saturday, Bryce Gibbs. Now, tell me this. Our room temperature is fluctuating like crazy, so we're getting ice-cold Antarctic kind of conditions at times, And is it, but it always begins the day where it's roasting hot. So your body temperature also is fluctuating. Uh, how is it affecting your body temperature? Are you maintaining any status quo or are you just all over the place? I'm going the opposite, I think. When it's hot in here, <laughs> I'm cold. And when it's cold in here, I'm hot. So okay. I'm a bit all over the shop. But yeah. You're right. I don't know. Because it happens every week. The settings yeah, it does. In the, in the it's automated. Or something, it just, uh, it's a bit like the Melbourne weather. Jacket on, jacket off. Jacket yeah, on, jacket for- off. <laughs> Four seasons in one day within the SEN studio. It's crazy. It's automated. Now, Bryce, big game for Port Adelaide uh, coming up today at 1.15pm. Uh, Todd Marshall is a nice in for them to team up with Ollie Lord and Finn Lason as the tall's up for it. It's going to be interesting to see how they go because Ollie Lord, uh, I like the way he brings the ball to ground, even if he doesn't mark it. What are your thoughts around him? He crashes in, doesn't he? Yeah. He's a big body that... Loves to, to crash packs. I reckon he's been a, a great inclusion yeah. while uh, while Dixon has been out. But Porter going for a club record today, Tom. Yes. Nine consecutive wins. They equaled previous club record, obviously, last week against Richmond. Uh, eight wins on the trot. So that you would think yeah. 
they would make it nine today and uh, tick off a little milestone. Would that be the sort of thing that Ken would raise or they would just not come into their car? Look, we we can go for a record that's here, boys. That's just purely a fun fact for the yeah. listeners out there this morning. <laughs> that's, uh, that's all it is. Yeah, fair enough. So Todd Marshall in uh, and Jack Scrimshaw in for the Hawks. Obviously huge out for the Hawks. James Sicily coming off 43 touches last week. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously suspended. So Francis Evans omitted, Jackson Mead omitted as well for the pair. Is there ever been a more Sicily type game where he gets 43 touches and then suspended also? <laughs> yeah. Just exactly what you get from him, don't you? Yeah. But it he, he was a pretty he good is incredible. individual performance last week. He was just yeah. put himself in the right spots and they just kept kicking it to him and he kept he kept marking it. And also for his size, because he's not the conventional third tall size really, is he? He's like 185 centimetres tall. So he's, he's shorter than a lot of those 190 centimetre and above type players, but uh, it doesn't matter because he can just read the ball so well when he gets to those spots. He certainly is. He's a very good player and he will be, well, it's going to be pretty tough to replace him, especially yeah. in a side, a young side like Hawthorne. Um, it should be, should be one way traffic. You would have thought. Yeah. The, or it's, they're in the early game today. So yeah. This Arvo. I was going to say this afternoon, but it's sort of, Early it's morning, early early afternoon. Early morning game. No, it's early, Arvo. We still the afternoon, Bryce. But uh, yeah, Hawthorne are going to lose, but they do punch above their weight with the midfield. They they're going to get their hands on the ball, no doubt, with Jai Newcomb in there, and uh, and Josh Will, Weddle as well. I like on the wing. Yeah, Will Day's a star as yeah. well. He keeps getting better week in, week out. But they're up against a pretty informed midfield. Against the Port Adelaide boys. I mean, how good is Zach Butters? He's an absolute star. Yeah. Another 30-odd touches, 600 metres gained last week. Connor Rosie's just taken a little back seat uh, in the last couple of weeks while Zach yeah. goes and does his thing. And Incredible. obviously Jason Horn francis is continually getting better as well. So um, they're up. They're going to be up against it, the, uh, the Hawthorne mix yeah. against the, probably arguably the best midfield inform midfield in the competition as it sits. Oh, big statement from Bryce Gibbs here. Yeah, they, they, I guess they are. They've, they've got the young and old with Ollie Wines in there as well and Horn Francis. Uh, just uh, late out for Hawthorne is Seamus Mitchell. So uh, not sure who's replacing him yet, but coming through hot from uh, producer Jace there. Um, now, I'm going to be interested to see how this is such a great opportunity for Horn Francis to get a few extra touches and play a big game. Uh, why do you say that? Well, I think a weaker opponent and he sort of hovers around the sort of 18 touches a game. And I, I'm just looking forward to the day he can just sort of boost that up to the, to the late twenties. And I think today could be a day for it. I reckon he could hit the scoreboard today as well. Yeah. He's a sort of midfielder that as he, as he spends, obviously, more time in there and gets more games under his belt, I think he's going to become that goal-kicking midfielder. Yeah, uh, I absolutely. I reckon there'll be plenty of opportunity for him to do that today. And I've loved him having a spell out of full forward. We've seen that in the last yeah. month. Uh, instead of coming off and having a rest, not going to half forward, but going to traditional full forward out of the goal square. Yeah. I reckon that's been a, a great move and he's so quick off the mark and dynamic and he's good above his head. So 
I reckon that's been a good move from Kenny. And yeah. uh, looking forward to seeing him playing out of full forward when he rests forward uh, a, going forward. It's a popular move I'm noticing with some clubs where they'll, I've seen Jason Horn Francis played as like a pure four, full forward, one out. Uh, same with Josh Rochelle, where they just uh, empty the forward line and basically leave it to just who they think is the most dangerous kind of one-on-one guy rather than the conventional full forward type player playing there. So interesting, Bryce. Look, Tom Jonas isn't going to be playing today. He's going to come back through the twos. He was watching the game, though, last week. This is what he had to say about uh, what he was drinking while he was watching. I had a lime milkshake with Tommy Cleary, and we perched up on the couch in Mile End and watched the boys. It was quite pleasant. Have you ever had a lime milkshake, Bryce? No, I can't say I have. Yeah, I, I haven't either. I've, have you ever? I've had pistachio ice cream, though. That's very nice, the gelato. Uh, maybe green tea. Green tea? Yeah. God, that made my voice go high, didn't it? It did. You really enjoyed that, didn't you? Green tea. I've never heard of that flavour. Hey, Bryce, we got to get to a break right now before we wrap things up with our tips for the week. It's currently 24 minutes past 10, top of 23 degrees today. Very nice winter day ahead. City Discount Tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, so good to have your company this morning. Uh, crunch time is coming up right after us with Jared Waitley and the crew. Now, Bryce, your tips on the rest of the round very quickly. West Coast and Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood. Yeah, that's an easy one. Bulldogs v Geelong. The Bulldogs. The Bulldogs. Yep. Uh, Giants speak the Richmond. Uh, I'm going to tip the Giants yeah. in Sydney. Yeah, they are favourites there. And Essendon v North. I'm going to go with the Bombers. Yeah, that's an easy one. All right, well, have a lovely weekend wherever you're listening. Bryce is just going to have a quick lie down under the desk and uh, regroup himself because it's been a big morning for you, hasn't it? It has. We've found a way to get through it, though. You learned a lot about myself this morning. Yes. So uh, we'll keep it continuing to attack the day. Yes, and we'll learn a lot about your body temperatures.